Welcome sports fans to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at JT and the Don at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Don. I am the Don, Donato Bucci. And remember to please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember to leave us a five-star review. Thank you to Nicole Thompson for the wonderful introduction, as always, and to our guy, Mike Regina, with the pump-up music. So let's just get right into it. Let me welcome in everyone's favorite JT, Jimmy Thompson. How you feeling today, man? You know how I'm feeling. I don't know why you're asking dumb questions. I'm tired. You got us working this crazy late schedule. Like I'm, I'm not getting overtime for this. Like you got this. It's damn near midnight. We're just starting to record. I don't know why you insist on doing these late night shows. I know you want to win at all costs, but this is ridiculous. Well, you know, you're kind of pulling back the curtain so everyone can find out. No one knows unless you complain that we're recording at midnight or 11 p.m. Again, I just want to let them know how much dedication I have, but also the tyrant that I'm working with at the same time. That's all I want. Wow, me. Well, one, you you got an upfront signing bonus. So, of course, you don't get overtime. (laughs) And two, my my bank account must have missed that one. And two, you've got to throw it out there of, oh, look at me. Look how hard I'm working. You know, the, the real superstars, JT, they just go about their business right? They don't need all that hoopla that you're trying to garner for yourself from the <laughs> you, fans. You know what? I'll follow those rules. If if we record before 8 o'clock, I'll follow the superstar rules. Anytime after that, you're getting all the drama. Wow. So just letting you know. I'm glad you mentioned drama because that's exactly what you're always about, whether it's fantasy sports, whether it's your Miami Dolphins. So let's start there. All right. Late last week, the Kansas City Chiefs traded six-time pro bowler Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins in exchange for a 2022 first-round pick, which essentially is number 29 overall, a second-round pick, which is essentially number 50 overall, and a fourth-round pick, plus a fourth and a sixth-round pick in the 2023 draft, so next year's draft. So Tyreek Hill to the Dolphins, five draft picks, to the Kansas City Chiefs. So first question, JT, for you. Was this a good move by your Dolphins? Whew. That whole list sounds extensive. That sounds like a lot of stuff to give up. Um, I'm glad we did this question later because if you would have asked me this when it happened, I was too irrational and emotional. Yes, you were. Honest That's opinion. why I wanted you to go first. I wanted you to throw all that emotion out and then I'd come in with the statistics. Too irrational and emotional to make that decision at the time. So here we are, almost a week later, and I'm still—I feel like I'm still kind of pissed off about it. But I'm going to say no, and it's because for a few reasons. One, Tyreek is an aging wide receiver, and the crazy thing is, at least for this upcoming season, we really don't have the quarterback Tua to fully take advantage of what Tyreek does best, which is the deep ball. And I looked at that. I'm like, why are we investing in a 
receiver that we don't have the ability to get the maximum potential out of him. I mean, it's like putting a what, like a putting a Ferrari engine into a Corolla. That's essentially what we did. And the picks you mentioned, that's quarterback draft capital. Like you can't give quarterback draft capital to an agent receiver that's going to be 30 at some point during this contract really soon. And other elite quarterbacks available. You could have got Russell Wilson. You could have got Deshaun Watson. We could have made a play for Aaron Rodgers. We could have went to Tom Brady and said, hey, if you're interested in playing with us, let's make a deal with the Bucs. Like there were so many elite options available and we chose to give this to a receiver. And I just don't understand why we took such an extremely risky uh, move trying to get this one guy. We're not even prepared to fully use him. Well, I I disagree because the first thing I want to go to is the contract. You say aging. I mean, bro, he just he literally just turned not going to be like, you know, a year ago and he's turning 29. He literally just turned 28. And the contract, while it's a five year deal, is really only four years, 95 million. So you're paying him a little less than 25 per year. All right. But it's four years. So he will be out of this contract. You can roll your eyes, but he's out of this contract before he's 32 because there's a potential out after the 2025 season. So you get him for four more years of his prime. And it really is his prime here coming up the, the end of it, but it's still the prime years. And he would then, once you cut him after 2025, he only counts for 5.1 million against the cap and dead cap. So the contract I'm fine with now, what you gave up to me was irrelevant because Number 29 in the first round, let me tell you something, especially the way the Dolphins draft in the first round, you're not getting anyone even close to Tyreek Hill in the first round. Second round at number 50, eh, that's like middle of the second, knowing the Dolphins track history again. uh, Yeah, I'd give up a first and second for Tyreek. And then a fourth, and then a fourth and a sixth next year. Those guys, especially for the Dolphins, like, do they even make the roster? I don't know. I don't think. So what you gave up, I don't mind. What you paid him, I don't mind because you're still getting him in his prime. He's not an aging receiver. Bro, he is 28. All right. It'd be different if he was 30 or 31. But at 28, you look at Antonio Brown. Had he not gotten into legal issues and not got his way out of Pittsburgh, he would have been a pro bowler those those four years between 20. He's going to be 30 before the next season starts. Like he will will be there. No, he is not. He just turned 28. So he's going to be 29 for the 2023 season. That's what I'm saying. And I I said this last time, 28 is usually when the decline comes in receivers. Yes, it could be the prime, but this is quarterback draft capital that we're giving up. And I, I who are you going to take? I, I, who I, I are you going to take? In, you're going to take a quarterback in this first round yes. that you? No, I want to get. I want to give it up for a quarterback. I would rather than put this package together for Russell Wilson. I would rather than put this package together for Deshaun Watson. You would. I would see, rather than go try to get Aaron Rodgers. You're making it seem like Cleveland going to keep that Pro Bowl streak of Tyreek alive. You're making it seem like you're a quarterback away. Instead of we're not, which is why you don't make this move. And that's why you don't make that move for Watson and Wilson. You're giving up your whole future. If you're not a quarterback away, you have to go get a quarterback. But but this is the diff, but this is the difference. You have now set yourself up to where 
you're giving Tua a shot. And this is this is the other part of it. You finally have a legit playmaker. You're a Dolphins fan. When is the last true? I mean, we're talking true playmaker that defenses fear and have to game plan around. Tell me. Who? Brandon Marshall. Not on this level. I would have to go back. Maybe Mark Clayton. I wouldn't even say Mark Clayton. I don't know. We might have to go back to Paul Warfield and Larry Zonka. Like, that's how far back you have not had weapons. You finally got it. This receiving core now, I think, is near the top of the list. Waddle, Tyreek, with Cedric Wilson as the number three. Those three are tough. And I think this is a great move. You want to win? You need great players. You don't have them because JT doesn't think you're a quarterback away. But guess what? Now you have some great players that change this offense and actually make them dynamic. Now we'll see what Tua can do. Last thing, though, my concern is the defense, JT. Once games start, they're going to miss Brian Flores. I'm just oh, saying. Sure. I think overall they're going to miss Brian Flores. I think that's going to be the difference. Not Tua, not Tyreek. But speaking of Tua, what does this do for Tua now, if anything? I feel bad because I think it puts him in lame duck status because – he would have to damn near play like Joe Burrow for the Dolphins to extend him after this season. So I just think this move, it puts him in a really tough spot because if he doesn't, you know, ball ball out and does something ridiculous, like maybe gets to the Super Bowl, maybe gets to an AFC championship game, like this might be the death nail to him being a starter in the league going forward. So it's unfair. This is the most, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's the most dramatic you know, prove it, you're either in or not situation I've ever seen in the NFL. Like, he has to be all-time great to be, ever be a starter again in the league. Yeah, that was one of the notes I had. You're, you're right. This might determine, depending on how he does, might determine his place in the NFL moving forward. Starter versus backup rest of his career. Exactly. And this is the thing. They're, the pressure is going to be on him to not only win, but to perform really well, like a Justin Herbert from the fans and the media, right? But since the Dolphins are giving him the keys to an improved offense, I think this is great for the Dolphins. You know why? Because this is what, his third year coming up, JT? What happens for a first-round pick after the third season? Do you know? You know. You know. I know because you don't know. So, so I've got to know because you don't look this stuff up. Teams need to make a decision on the fifth year option after the third yes, year. Yes, of course. You, I know that. Not you don't get to make it after the fourth year. So guess what? I think this is why it's a great move for the Dolphins. And I go back to that first question, why it's a great move. You're going to find out what Tua's got now. No more, no more excuses by people like me of why is not performing. Either he's got to show a vast improvement because of these weapons and with these weapons, or hey, we're going to let you walk after the fourth year. Good luck in free agency. Let me ask you a question. So short of going to a Super Bowl, what do you think Tua would have to do to seriously get an extension from the Dolphins? I, JT, I think that's simple. We've watched enough football. People who listen to this, this podcast probably watch enough football. If he plays like Justin Herbert, and even if he doesn't win a playoff game, but he plays like Justin Herbert, He's getting that extension, bro. If he plays like Deshaun Watson and doesn't win a playoff game, but gets him to the playoffs, 
He's getting an extension. How do you not? If if I would tell you right now, he's going to throw 34 touchdowns with eight interceptions and have 4,500 passing yards, but they make the playoffs, but they don't win. You're going to sit there and tell me that's not a great year by Tua in his third year? It depends on how he looks. And we'll talk, exactly we'll talk, about, my, we'll talk about this later. But, I get, but that's I get my you're point. Saying. You're going you're to saying, know. You're going to know based on how he looks. I just feel like if he's not making the AFC championship game, it's See, over. That's, 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 how I, that's, how I, but, that's what I feel. That's what will happen. But, I'm not saying I agree with it, but that's what okay. will happen. If, if you're not going to agree with it, that's fine. But that's un- can we agree then? Yeah, it's, but it's also, like you're, too, you're gonna also say, too, he's on company time. You had two years to show us something, JT, and now we have we, to condense it into this. Did you not just admit with me that the defense may be an issue? How is that Tua's fault if, he's, if that we'll offense see, looks we'll legit? We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I think the problem is you have this preconceived notion that he's not as good as Herbert. You messed up there. He's not as good as I, so-and-so. I have that preconceived notion, yes. or is that the word on the street? <laughs> That's it's a reality. People, That's a fact. No, it's people like it you. It's people like you that that invented that preconceived. It's people notion. like me, but you're the biggest Justin Herbert fan there is, and you yeah. had him as the best quarterback oh, in that draft. Okay. I, I am, but can we also agree I defend Tua? I can be both. We'll see if you keep doing that as the year goes on. Well, this is what I'm saying. This is why it's a good thing, all right? This is why they needed to make that move. Let's find out. Let's find out now so there's no more debate, all right? All right, so let's look at the flip team on this, Kansas City. Will Kansas City, without their main guy, or at least most explosive playmaker on offense, will KC still be regulars in the playoffs or even AFC title game regulars without Tyreek? Playoffs, I'm going to I'm going to bypass that because I think they can still make the playoffs because they still have, you know, Mahomes and Reed. The question was regulars in the AFC title game. And you that's put, a little bit you put playoffs. You put playoffs too. That's a little bit Go different. Ahead. My gut tells me no. And like I said, Mahomes and Reed are still magic, but let's not discount, you know, Tyreek's absence going forward. Like it definitely hurts the Chiefs' ability to put up points in a hurry with the deep ball with him not there. And you you saw how they were playing them last year where you know they weren't letting Tyreek get deep, but I mean you can't stop him for a full season. And let's be honest, that dynasty that the Chiefs had, that people were making up, part of it was the ability to do what Tyreek brought to the team, score points in a hurry if they needed them, and to consistently go deep. And also, too, you love stats. Patrick Mahomes, since, what, 2018, no quarterback has more passing yards and more passing touchdowns of 20 yards or more, like, since since that time frame. So – Let's not act like part of Mahomes' ascension isn't Tyreek. I mean, when you look at that, it, he, they've basically been, you know, a join at the hit when it how, comes to that. How many How many of those are to Tyreek, though? A lot. What's the, what's the percentage? You know, just, I'll go look it up for you. How about okay, that? Okay, yeah, please do, because Kelsey as a tight end gets a lot of 20-plus yard receptions. They got some speedsters that, yeah, they may not always get volume, but, hey, when – Hardman gets one catch for 82 yards. That's an explosive play that counts for Mahomes and not Tyreek. I'm going, 
I'm willing to bet the money that majority of those passing yards and majority of those passing touchdowns that were thrown deep by Mahomes are going to Tyreek Hill. I'm not saying Travis Kelsey doesn't get his, but we know our eye test tells us majority of that is going to Tyreek. That that was his role. Like that's what he did for KC until this last year where they start taking away the deep shots and he had to do, you know, a little bit more things underneath. But also too, we talk about you talked about this when Kelsey signed his contract, why it was bad at the time. This is why. It now Tyreek's not there. They don't have to worry about him. And guys like you mentioned, McCole Hardman and those other guys, Byron Pringle, guess what they're going to do? Teams are just going to double and triple team Travis Kelsey to death. And we're really going to see what Mahomes is made of. And I don't think with the aging tight end, with more focus on him now and no other weapon that can step up that's equivalent to what Tyreek could do, I don't think that you know, they could just automatically we just pencil in to go to the AFC title game. So I'm going to say no. So I'm going to play the game that you always give me. I'm going to ask it to myself because you you are always shady with your answers. Do they still got Patrick Mahomes? I said this already. Stop. I'm not asking you. I'm asking to myself so the listeners know what I'm asking. Do they still got Mahomes? Do they still got Andy Reid? Do they still got Eric Bieniemy? Yes, yes, and yes. So the answer to my question or to the question is, yes, they're going to be regulars in the playoffs for sure. And regulars in the AFC title game, they'll probably make it once every three years, maybe two out of three years, because Mahomes, Andy Reid, and Biennemi. We act like Kansas City. Don't forget, they've never had a great defense. They're never at the top in the league. But since Mahomes been there, it hasn't mattered. Four straight title games, two straight Super Bowl appearances at one point a Super Bowl title and let me tell you it's not because of the defense it's not because of a running game now yes losing Tyreek's a big piece but JT do you know what round they drafted Tyreek Hill I get it but let's okay. not act like no they, you don't get it let me explain okay, okay. why you don't but, get okay, it okay but that but that's a loaded question there's a reason they were able to draft him there it wasn't because he was some hidden gem that nobody didn't know about it was because of the off-field stuff no way. if he didn't yeah it was go go pull up his tape in college he could have went first round if he didn't have the off-field stuff he could have went first round no he wasn't going first round he had some history there which when it came out in the nfl they questioned why they drafted him then but he didn't drop from first to fifth because of the off-field stuff you know what it was it was his size and when you look at what Kansas City did was they took this perception and said, it doesn't matter. We're going to make this guy great because he's great regardless of the size. Kansas City does a good job of finding players that are Do explosive. They? Do that? Yes. Do Travis, because their, their recent track record with drafting, because if you take out Tyreek and Kelsey, like – who have they oh, drafted? So now we, we can just oh but we're I'm not saying, throwing though, them out. Those, but you but you act like those guys just got there. Like they've been in the league for a while. But who have the and Chiefs they've been really good that has been good on offense? And like, they've been really is Edwards Hilaire getting it done? Is Kelsey Byron getting it done? Is Kelsey, Nicole Hardman the next Tyreek Hill? Who's the who's the backup tight end in KC? If if Travis it doesn't Kelsey matter because they have Kelsey. It does matter. Yeah. So what you're See, I feel like I you're not I letting me you're not letting me give my point. So go ahead and then I'll clean it up. Go ahead. What I'm saying is I know you want to say, all right, as long as we got Reed and Mahomes, everything's gonna be all right. I think that's true to an extent, but let's not discount the fact that maybe 
they have been carrying the Chiefs a little too much because they are not good at these things like drafting skill position players. Like they have not been. Like go go look at all the players they've drafted, not named Tyree Kill, not named Travis Kelsey. How many of them are, are able to step up in that role now that Tyree's gone? That's like saying back in the day, the Steelers are not good at drafting receivers when you take out Antonio Brown, Emmanuel Sanders, and Juju Smith-Schuster. That's a ridiculous argument when he said they're not good at drafting. Take out Kelsey and Hill. Uh, well, no one else drafted about? those they guys. They are good at drafting. That's why they can keep replacing those guys. Every one of those guys is a Pro Bowl player. For who, and they, guess who? what? They keep drafting good receivers. Who, Deontay Johnson, Chase what? Claypool, but, even but, sorry as James Watson. But that's my be a point. Receiver but than the Chiefs have but right that's now. my point. When you have Tyreek, when you have Kelsey, you found guys that other teams didn't take a chance on, and you their success of how they made you successful, in turn, their success relied on Kansas City. There's no guarantee Kelsey and Hill – are those same quality caliber all pro players without being in Kansas City? So what I'm saying is, more importantly, is build the line, protect Mahomes, and I bet that Pringle, Hardman, Robinson, their play will be elevated because guess what? More reps, more targets, Mahomes has to trust them as long as the line is good. You build the line, you're good. Now, losing Tyreek hurts, but if you build the line, you're good. If they don't build the line, they're not going to be regulars, and we saw it this past year and two years ago. You've got to build the line. Forget Tyreek at this, at this point because I believe Kansas City, with all their pieces, all their brain power on the field, the enemy, Andy Reid with Mahomes, a healthy, upright Mahomes is more important than just having a Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is replaceable. Mahomes' health is not. End of story. Is that good? I feel like you have way too much, way too much faith in these guys. In who? What? I feel like you have way too much faith in, in, in the Chiefs drafting. Uh, it is not. It has not been good. But I'll tell you what. But it's not. What. Let Let me finish, and then we'll go on to the next one. I thought you were finished. Damn, you got you got more stuff it's, to say. It's not just. No, because you're saying I, I'm relying too much you on on you the – No. What I'm relying on is – I'll tell you what. It's this, Patrick – This will end this whole conversation. No, it's Patrick who, Mahomes that I who, trust with a healthy and strong offensive line. The other weapons – To, to the hand other, it off to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire who can't run anyway? If it's a good offensive line, you and I can be back there. It'll be fine. All right, cool. Hey, how many yards per carry do you think you can average behind a good offensive line? 3.3. Oh, that's bullshit. Hell no. <laughs> i tell you somebody who would definitely – I might be average. hurting. Yeah, you will. Uh, you'll, you'll be day-to-day throughout the whole season. <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about somebody who does need a good offensive line to average more than three yards to carry, Lamar Jackson. So this past Tuesday, the Ravens owner, Steve Bishotti, said – he wished Cleveland had not guaranteed the whole contract for Deshaun Watson and that it will make negotiations harder with quarterbacks in the future. Oh, by the way, Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson just happens to be entering the fifth and final season of his rookie contract and will make $23 million this season. No long-term deal has been reached between Jackson and the Ravens. So, Don, with the Ravens not having a long-term deal in place with their quarterback, did they butcher the negotiations for an extension with Lamar? 
No, not. I mean, not at all. Not at all. Because you're, you're saying this as a Steelers fan or no. just like an objective, regular sports guy. Objective sports media guy. You and I is what right, we do. Cool. Not at all. Because Lamar isn't ready to sign a long-term extension yet. The Ravens said so themselves. Lamar apparently hasn't really come to the table to put any sort of offers or what his side wants. So Lamar hasn't given that number. So you don't negotiate against yourself, JT. If you are the Ravens, why do you why would you keep throwing money offers when Lamar hasn't made a counter offer or put a number on the table? So how do you ruin it? You know how you ruin it? By throwing too much money that someone's not worth, like the Cleveland Browns did. That's how you ruin it. So the way the Ravens are playing it is great. And I'll tell you what, hey, Lamar, all the power to you. He's betting on himself, which to me is perfectly fine. And he has every right to do that. And I think the Ravens at this point recognize that and say, you know what? We've gotten to this point. Let's do this. If you have a great season, you get us to the Super Bowl or you win us the Super Bowl, we'll back up the Brinks truck for you. But I'll tell you one thing, if you don't and you don't win us a playoff game again or you get injured or you miss time or your throwing hasn't improved, guess what? No Deshaun Watson contract in your future. You come with a number that's realistic, then we'll talk. Hey, so Lamar, everything's in your hands now. In Baltimore, played it right. Allow him to play it out. If he does, you better pay him then. Ooh, got to disagree with you on this one. I of think, course, because you love Lamar, you love the Ravens, no. you hate the Steelers, and you hate me. Well, I mean, those are all true, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> like you said, we're objective sports fans. This is the media. This is what we do. So absolutely, because they should have extended him really after his MVP season. And if you think about it, if they would have extended him at that time, they would have gotten him way under 30 mil per year, probably closer to what they're going to pay him this year in the last year of his deal. And now I know you're saying they're not betting against themselves, but really any quarterback contract going forward, if it's not all guaranteed, like that's going to be rare. Thank you, Kirk Cousins. And also too, like with the Ravens, I want to know what was their plan? Because I'm really confused here. They didn't extend him, but also you didn't build around him while he was on a rookie deal. So like, what, like, what are you trying to do? Like, do you, is it, you don't believe in him? or you just dropping the ball ever since Ozzy left. And I just don't get that. I don't, I don't get both of the moves. Like they don't make any sense. And I feel like now what's going to happen is the reason Lamar is not saying anything is because he knows one thing they cannot win without him. The roster is not that great on offense. Like I said this before, this might be the worst offensive supporting cast in the league. And you take Lamar Jackson out of it. You get exactly what Tyler Huntley pulled, put up, pulled, off last year one win and he knows that and I think that's why he's waiting for them to come back with an offer and I think that they're playing this waiting game and they don't have the upper hand in it because he's the quarterback somebody's going to pay him a contract if they let him go and he knows that and I just don't understand what the Ravens are doing it's a big mistake and that's what I think I disagree because if they had signed him after his MVP year what year was that the end of his 2019 that was his second season right Bro, he would be asking for, for them to redo that deal. 
Would he though? Because he's yeah. not asking for anything now. Maybe he wouldn't be asking him to redo that deal. He's not asking for anything now because he realizes maybe whatever number they put on the table, he realized he's not getting any more than that. So let me go ball out, which I don't fault him for. I'll tell you, you believe that everyone in the league wants Lamar Jackson. I'm not no, sold I don't. on him. I, I really don't. I mean, okay. I'm finding it out so the hard then, way. So then, I would want him. So I then the Ravens. Him, I would want him on a stack team. So then Lamar's got no leverage, bro. But I except, think it's wrong. except the leverage he has is go out, win a couple playoff games, and ball out, even if you don't win a Super Bowl. But if you show you can take them to the promised land, they got to pay up. So let's so let, that's a, that's a good question. So let's say he does. Let's say that's what he's doing. He's betting on himself and he wants to go out there and, you know, show that, you know, more people should want him. If he does that, let's say he goes out there, has an MVP type season, maybe wins a playoff game or two. Should he be offered a fully guaranteed multi-year contract? At that point, I would say it's, I would at least be more okay with it. If you're asking that to me right now, though, be going into this year, I would say no. So obviously, if he wins a couple of playoff games and you believe he can get you to the promised land and he stays healthy the whole time, then I'm at least I feel a little bit more comfortable with it. But if you're asking me today about trying to get it done before this season, I would say fully guaranteed long term big deal. Heck no, because he had an injury last year that kept him out the second half of the season, and it cost them the playoff spot, as you mentioned, right? So the greatest ability is availability. So part of his game is the running aspect of it. And it's more than it, – that part of it's more than Deshaun's, and it's more than Josh Allen's uh, part, of, part of their games, right? So mm, and, we'll talk about that later. Okay, I, I, I 100% well, disagree with that. Well, because I would say if you take 10 NFL executives, you have them in a room and no one knows the answer. Yeah, no and one's going to know. I'm, all I'm 10 sure. are going to say. And I'm, sure there's, no bias. I'm the, sure there's no bias behind that, because here's the thing. Josh Allen got paid after one year after but, having. But two, you're missing. After, no, no, hold on, hold on. After having two subpar years. Nobody knew if this was a flash in the plan or anything like that. Lamar had an MVP season, and everybody just discounted as like, "Well, okay, whatever." But you you missed what my whole. I point get what was. I get what you're saying. More execs, and we're and I'm not going to act like execs always make the best decisions because there's a reason that quarterbacks get chosen every year. Like if if execs were home run hitters on quarterbacks, they wouldn't be going number one every year. That's right. first point, and That's I get true. what you're saying. That's true. More executives are going to identify. Hey, I'd rather sign Josh Allen to a long-term or Deshaun yes. Watson. I think those games are very because they're both athletic, but Deshaun and Josh Allen, I think in people's minds, have shown just, have shown they're, they're better they make people more comfortable as passers. They're I better get, passers than Lamar. I, I, I don't think I you that, can argue that part of it. But I this can't, is, I can't, but I can because Deshaun Watson, as as bad as Houston was, like he's had players on offense that are stars. Josh Allen has had players on offense that are stars. Like Lamar fair. is throwing to 130-pound Hollywood Brown, and I don't even know if he's good. You know what I'm saying? So and that's I, fair. I want I want to see Lamar in a situation where he's but got weapons. That is exactly why I don't want to give a fully guarantee because there's two. If you if we're doing fully guaranteed, JT. I want to know what I'm getting here. 
I don't want any more questions. See, more. I feel like I right? feel like you're trying. I feel like you're trying to dump Lamar down into the Tua level. I'm not going to let and, you do it. And then, but this is the other thing. Again, I I mentioned that he's he's more of a running quarterback than Deshaun and Josh Allen, right? And we saw the injuries, so that's why fully guaranteed. If you were to offer it right now today, I think they would be meaning the Ravens would be fully negligent on their part on behalf of the team and in building the future of the team if they did that. Because he is one scramble, one run away from being out for a long time. Isn't and, everyone? And what? Isn't everyone? That Prescott um, was of one course. scramble away from of being course. out forever. Still and that's a good money. And that's Josh a, Allen. Josh Allen got hurt last year on a that's scramble a, play. That's Still a great his money. That's a great example. But you know what they're also investing is? that Dak's arm can get him to the promised land. Deshaun's arm can get him to the promised land. Josh Allen's arm can get him to the promised land. Lamar had that chance at one point. He lost two playoff games because they couldn't pass. I'm just saying, you're right about the weapons. I give you that. But again, are you willing to put $250 million guaranteed dollars on a question mark of, oh, if we get him a great weapon, can he do it? Because that's oh. going to be the question. Well, obviously, I believe in him a little bit more than you do. And of I get course, it. You always fan. have it. And I respect that. So. Oh, thank you. You, you respect something that I do. Oh, thank you so much. I, do, I know there's You're a, welcome. a, a every, every little bit a of this behind that, but whatever. Every but once I, in a while. I do. I do. Because just for the, the things that I mentioned, he's a former MVP. He consistently wins and he gets to the playoffs despite, I'm going to say this again, a limited roster offensively. That matters. And you always say this, it's the next man up to get paid. That's the rules. Apply them. Like, I don't want to hear anything else about, well, this isn't that. Like, people make mistakes on paying quarterbacks that they think are going to win all the time. Next man up, that's the price. JT, no one's saying he's not, he shouldn't get a long-term, multi-year, big contract. I feel like that's but what, I feel like that's how people feel. You're saying the question is here. Hell yeah. If fully Kirk guaranteed. Cousins, if Kirk Cousins so, get a fully guaranteed contract. But it was for three Lamar years. It was for, matter. It was for two Doesn't years. Oh, I'm not so, saying hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I'm just so, saying it should be fully guaranteed. Oh, okay. So, hey, Lamar, let's do this. We'll go year by year and we'll fully guarantee $45 million a year. You want to do that? You want to do that? Ah, yeah. You How be- much do you, you better know the you question you- we're answering? Excuse me? You better know the question that we're answering. The question is fully guaranteed, fully guaranteed long-term, long-term deal. deal. Three to four years is a multi-year okay. deal. Three years is a multi-year deal. You're, Sign them to a three-year fully guaranteed deal. Like, all right. What's so that's your plan different. if he's okay, not here, there? Here, Lamar, three years, $100 million, Three years, fun. $75, $80 million. Okay, but that's not what is going to get it done, bro. For him, How he's going to want four or five because he don't put a number on the table. Because he knows he's not worth what the Ravens are Man, offering right now. I get it. I get it now. You you really don't want him to sign a long-term deal because you know as long as he's in the division, you and especially bro, with Joe Burrow there, you guys are in trouble. Bro, I would say I'm rooting against him because he's a Raven. But if we're, at, if we're talking sports here and we're asking this question, me answering this way has nothing to do with me not wanting him in the division. Of course I don't bro, want him in the division. We're looking at the Ravens. And Lamar. Ravens, Ravens have 
Ravens yeah. have the worst yeah. offensive roster for sure in the division, and we're we're acting like this guy not winning the MVP with do that ever, roster. Do you ever look at it? Do you ever look at it the other way too and say, huh, I do. if I'm Lamar, where do I go that I'm going to trust the OC that they're going to put me in the best position to win, and they're not going to be Adam Gase part two, part three, part four? He's got to also know what great thing he has in Baltimore that they trusted you. They put their faith in you, drafting you, trading up, drafting you, Bro, building he this saved team. Their franchise. He oh saved, my goodness. He saved, oh, so did he not save to, Harbaugh to the to, to JT to JT. Right, cool. It's only one sided. All right, cool. So Clearly you're saying where you're saying because I like Lamar and he's a Steelers fan. So we we gonna go on to the next one. I'm giving Lamar credit. I just told you if he balls out, pay him. But you're also forgetting. But he has to ball out again. He already won an MVP. He hasn't like, won a playoff game. But he won an MVP. Win a playoff game. A lot of guys win MVP. Josh Allen, Josh Allen got an extension with, with doing half of what Lamar has done. But you're okay with that because he looks the part to you. Deshaun Watson got paid, and he's coming off one of the biggest stories in NFL history. I didn't see you have a problem with that when we were on the show. I'm not. I'm not dogging Deshaun saying he's he's a bad quarterback. He's I'm not proving to me you, that he's you, worth money. You just said though that it's Lamar's not getting paid because Deshaun and Josh fit the bill. Two. So it, it sounds like you're knocking Josh and Deshaun because they've done nothing I'm to not, earn it. I'm not. I'm not. But here's the thing. I'm not gonna. Add, and then we'll move on because we're spending way too time talking. Way too much it's time. It's fun though. It's this. fun though. I'm not gonna see. It's 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 hard to to prove the Josh Allen point because. We're not playing what we said two years ago when he wasn't putting up good numbers and he looked like, okay, this quarterback just might be a quote-unquote running quarterback. I always had those concerns about Josh Allen. Then he had one good year. They put weapons around him, put him in a good offensive system, and he's taken off. Yes, but I've always had those doubts about Josh Allen. I still have doubts about his scrambling getting him hurt because it got him hurt last year. But yes, I think he's worth whatever money they invested with him because I think he's a good quarterback. I'm just saying I think Lamar deserves the same leeway. That's uh, it. But is Josh Allen's contract fully guaranteed, JT? Ah, uh, but he signed it before they started. Is doing it guaranteed? It before they started doing that, it doesn't that's matter. Like, they could redo exactly it. So you want Josh Allen Next to sit out? You, yesterday's you prices want, are not today's prices. Okay, That's not so my fault. so would you be okay with Josh Allen sitting out and say fully guaranteed? Four year, throw out the old one. Four year, five yep. year, fully guaranteed. Yep. I would. All right, I would love him. to see if that I happens. He sits out. We're gonna come and on. We're gonna to be like this guy. Yeah, no, you're gonna be like Josh Allen's not appreciative of what they did for him, bringing I, in I, Diggs. I, am I ever? Am I ever that type of guy? Absolutely, ever, bro. Absolutely. Can you we, don't can like we, Josh Allen. You I love don't Lamar. Like Josh Allen. He's my keeper. You, you love J L Lamar Jackson. I love them both. That's why I you're like arguing this. I think he's a damn. He's a he's an elite quarterback. I just think Lamar is too. And y'all trying him like he. All I'm saying is. I think he oh. should get paid, not fully okay, guaranteed. Cool. He should get paid. Can we, move, can we move on? Not fully guaranteed. You got your mind. All, All right. right. So, I, we're only talking about this because you guilted me. It's not that I don't like the NCAA tournament. You don't. Do. We, we got to diversify I do. I do. here, bro, I do. with, with just, our topics. It's becoming less and less exciting, and we'll talk about some reasons maybe why, but because, yes. because we are upstanding sports media guys, we, we threw this in here, and uh, – you got to meet the criteria if you want to get on media row. So we're going to talk about the final four. 
Yes, let's go. I want to. I know you don't because you don't watch any of the games. I do. I have watched the games. Yeah, you watched Miami lose to Kansas. That's why we I watched them win before that, too. See, I watched multiple <laughs> games. <laughs> but, no, the Final Four national semifinal games are Saturday with the championship game, of course, Monday night. So thought I thought this would be a good time to do a quick review of, you know, NCAA tournament and some Final Four projections. You know, like we can't get away from that. But I want to start with the upsets. Of course, you know, we've seen a bunch. And the biggest one being St. Peter's. They were 15 seed, reaching the Elite Eight. So that got me thinking, Don, why do you think that we've seen, it seems like the last several years, like several major upsets and deep runs by these higher-seeded teams. Like, why do you think we're seeing this more so lately? Well, I think other teams have tried to emulate the collection of one and duns and like those true blue chip five-star recruits like Kentucky did, I think in 2012 when they won that title with like a lot of the freshmen uh, making up the starting lineup. But so since teams are now trying to do the one and duns, one team like a Kentucky can't get the top five recruits. So those one and duns are kind of being spread out or a couple are going here, a couple are going there. So now there's not that one dominant Kentucky or the Fab Five like back in the day. And what that means is now veteran teams are better suited to handle the tournament, and this leads to upsets. So when you have a St. Peter's who may have a couple juniors, a couple seniors, a couple 50-year seniors, yeah, talent-wise at the end of the day, like in 10 years, they may not be good as Kentucky and Duke's freshmen, but right now, when they're 22, 23, compared to a 17, 18-year-old kid coming out of high school, I'm going to take that St. Peter's team if you've, you know, if you've watched basketball because you can see they can play. They're going to be more mature and be able to handle the pressure. And that's really, at the end of the day, what it comes down to is handling the pressure. Then you got television. Guys don't need to go to the Blue Bloods anymore to be seen. And then I think – most importantly, JT, is the ease of transferring by way of the transfer portal. A guy like Charlie Moore, four college teams in six years, he's 24 years old. That man Cam, been on 20 practice squads. And he was on the Hurricanes, also on the Hurricanes. Cam McGusty, probably the best scorer on that team. He's 24 as well, JT, came from Oklahoma. Like, if those two guys aren't able to transfer oh, via trash. the portal, yeah, like you said, we're, we're trash. We're not, we're not even getting the NCAA tournament, let alone the Elite Eight. So when you are able to have that, again, 24-year-olds against 18-year-olds, think about that, JT. No matter how good an 18-year-old is, if we go to, the, to play pickup basketball and we know that, okay, this 18-year-old plays in Division One, this 24-year-old plays Division One. We're probably going to go with the 24-year-old not having seen either of them because if they're both Division One quality players, guess what? The 24-year-olds, more experienced, more mature, probably more physically, physically built. mature. Yeah, physically mature unless you're Zion Williamson. Yeah, so, it don't matter. <laughs> and it doesn't matter. Throw all that out. So, like, a team of three or four players that are 24 years old, 22 years old, and can ball, like, at one point played at Kansas, Charlie Moore. McGusty, like I said, went to Oklahoma. Like when that happens, guess what? Upsets happen. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said, unfortunately. And I always say this about 
especially NCAA tournament, the teams that have the most experienced depth, especially at like the guard position, like they usually have a chance to advance further. And I, and I do agree with you. I think it's a combination of the best college basketball players are not only that they're one and done, but also now you're splitting the one and dones that are going to college. And then they're going to the G league now and getting paid. And then also they're, some of them are going to play internationally. So that pool, like you said, in 2012, where all the one and dones were majority going to college. Now you're splitting that with two other entities. So that pool is more diluted. That's and the good, days good of point. getting a Carmelo yeah. Anthony that comes in one year and leads you to a national championship, those are dead. They're over. And I, I agree with you. I think it is just competition. Those smaller schools like a St. Peter's, I think they were, what, 10 deep in their rotation? And those guys had been around for a couple of years, so they had the experience. And then also, too, I feel like this is something that doesn't get talked about enough. And I don't know if this is a product of AAU basketball finally catching up. I just feel like those one-and-done players that are coming in, it's either they're going to college and they don't necessarily feel like they have to play as hard because they know they're going to the league, or maybe they're just not as ready as they used to be. Like, when's the last time that you really saw, other than like Zion, but you really saw a top five player that came in and played college basketball that you felt like, oh, he's the best player on the court, like right when they got to college. Like, I haven't seen that in a while. So like maybe those those Kentucky, when they won the championship in 2012, like yeah. maybe that's like the last group of true, you know, 18-year-old guys where I'm like, all right, these guys are top five in, in college basketball already. But I don't think these guys, even though they're highly rated, I just don't think they're ready yet. And I think that's also a reason why you're seeing these, you know, higher seeded non-blue blood schools, you know, dominate come tournament time because these guys have the hype, but they're just not ready to live up to it yet. So you brought up Kentucky. So that's we know they're one of the victims of St. Peter's. So we're going to talk about them and specifically Coach Cal. So I know you love Coach Cal. That's your boy. Hey, my paisan. He is. He's your boy. He's your boy. But him getting knocked out by a 15 seed. Kentucky's always heavily favored in the tournament. That's got the, you know, the booze and everyone talking about he needs to get fired. It's loud, loud, loud at Kentucky right now. But with everything that's gone on, given his track record, do you think Kentucky should move on from Calipari? JT, I'm going to give you one of my quickest answers I've ever given you. I know you don't believe me and I don't do this often, so I'll keep it short and simple. Oh, it's going to be a record. Nope. And I'll tell you why. There's 52 million reasons why. Their buyout right now, if they were to fire him before next season, $52 million is the buyout. Listen, Kentucky, I know they bring in a lot of money, but I'll tell you what, $52 million, that's way too much, I think, for any school at this point for a college basketball coach. Yeah, it's way too much. Can't do it. I don't even know if Coach K's buyout is that high. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I wasn't going the money route, but understood. I mean, that that should be case closed right there. But I, I'm going to say no for a different reason. I'm going to say no because they knew what they signed up for when they hired him, and it was to get one and done. And I feel like what nobody could have foreseen happening is basically the landscape of college basketball changed where it was Coach Cal was the only one that was really getting one and done. But then you have guys like Duke and Coach K getting one and done, like who they'd never done that before. And like you said, transfer portals, one and done can go anywhere they want to. Now they're going to Memphis. So the the pool for who's actually 
a legit has a legit shot to get a one and done has changed his coast Cal has come to Kentucky. So I think that plays into it, but then also too, let's just go with, you know, the actual basketball stuff since that national championship in 2012, he's two sixty three and 87, like 20 plus wins every season, except for one, the last 10, three 30 plus win seasons. They've made the tournament seven out of 10 years and they were a top five seed in six of those seven appearances. Like say what you want. Any, any program in America will love to have him along with along with his track record for getting one and done still and then also too i feel like kentucky needs to realize this and i had to step back and realize this too i think with coach cal everything everything is always you know like oh he's the one and done coach like he's really not doing anything like he's not developing the players (laughs) and i'm just looking at the players that have gone into the league since that 2012 national championship you look at superstars guys like book uh bam cat Jamal Murray, Darian Fox, Shea Gilgis, Tyrese Maxey, I think is going to be real good. Uh, Julius Randle, who's a star in New York. And then I go to like the second tier guys because we really watch NBA basketball. And I'm like, Coach Cal had to obviously develop some of these guys in their games, like Tyler Hero, uh, Manuel Quickly, who you love. Jared Vanderbilt, he's doing good things with the uh, Timberwolves. Uh, Malik Monk, who's doing really good with the Lakers this year. Like, you don't think those guys would be as NBA ready and doing what they're doing if, if Calipari wasn't a good coach. And that's, and that would be my answer to the Kentucky fans. You know, I dare you to go find a head coach with a better track record that's available than the one you have right now. And it's an easy no, like you keep him right where he is. Yep. I, I had a lot of those points on there as well. And, you know, since that 2000, let, let's say since the 2011 season, Kentucky, UNC Duke, they each have one title. Kentucky 2012, Kentucky 2012, Duke 2015. Obviously, this year is a possibility. In UNC 2017, of course, this year is a possibility. So in the past 10 seasons, Kentucky, Duke, UNC each only have one. So it ain't like he's getting blown out of the water. Yeah. I think what hurts him, JT, was last year, they only won nine games. And then yeah. to come back in the B beaten by a 15 seed man that leaves bad tastes in kentucky yeah, but, fans but, but also that's, that's a sign of being spoiled because also to add to that they had a season where they only lost one game right right yeah well, so I, I mean well they had a season in there i think they went undefeated and lost yeah. in the title game yeah right? so they lost in the title game that's just to show you like he's so great and he's been around so yeah. long those range of outcomes hey. are just they're unbelievable but most times they're going to be very very favorable my so. final word on it that i have written down the grass is not always greener on the other Definitely side kentucky not. fans because go look at every program that he's left and see how they they were once he went away memphis see, is just now recovering see what they were before during and then after the good times when it was when he was there Exactly. All right. So you said you kept it quick. Let's keep this even quicker. We're going to do our final four predictions. So uh, first game, Villanova versus Kansas, who you have? I'm going to go Kansas. I think the injury to the Villanova uh, guard, the Achilles, I think that hurts, man. You got to have depth for Kansas and they're going to throw bodies at you. Yeah, I we talked about this. Some of it was, you know, we were mad that they beat the Canes. I still think (laughs) Kansas is that great. And Bill Self is not really a coach I trust all the time. I'm going to go with Nova just because I trust the coach. I like Jay Wright. And also, too, Nova is the type of team that's built to handle one injury, and they're they're one of those teams that have a lot of experience. So Fair go enough. with them. Uh, Duke versus UNC. Can't believe we're seeing this. Who you got? I'm going to go with my heart here. I know it's always wrong to do that. 
I'm going UNC. I don't want that storybook ending for Duke. I'm, even though I think the rest will try to give it to him, I'm going UNC as well. Ooh, I just I okay. feel, I'm feeling that. So uh, finals prediction you got. I know I think we're going to have the same one. UNC Kansas. You know what? I'm going to go Kansas. I've been dogging them. And, you know, like you just feel like 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 you just said, like this isn't as good of a Kansas team. But you know what happens sometimes? Because they've had really good teams and lost early. This is that type of Kansas team, like that Mario Chalmers team. You know, Paul Pierce and, and Rafe LaFrance couldn't win it all, but Mario Chalmers wins it all. Like, this is that vibe I'm getting from Kansas, so I'm going to go Kansas. Nah, it's Bill Self. I don't care. It's UNC. That <laughs> <laughs> close. Oh, man, that's that's harsh. That's harsh. All right, so speaking of, of uh, basketball, Let's go to the NBA this time. So we'll move from the NCAA to the NBA. And in particular, the LA Lakers, JT. So as the NBA regular season is coming to a close, the Lakers with seven games remaining heading into Friday night's action only have a half game lead for the last play-in spot. Not even a guaranteed playoff spot, but the play-in spot over the Spurs. Anthony Davis has been injured for a majority of the second half of this season, but I believe he is in the lineup on Friday night. So JT, it begs to ask the question. This is actually a good one you came up with. Good job here. In retrospect, was trading away Lonzo Ball, Julius Randle, Brandon Ingram, and Kyle Kuzma a bad move by the Lakers? No, because they won a championship. That's what this was all about, right? Like LeBron coming to the Lakers was to win a championship. They didn't win 10, but they won one. And you just look at those players, because I hear Lakers fans that I know all the time being like, oh, you know, we ruined the franchise because we traded away all these young guys and 80s always hurt. Well, let's look at those guys you traded away. Lonzo, hurt. Brandon Ingram, hurt, doesn't win big game. Julius Randle, New York Knicks fans want him gone. They think he is trash. And who else? Uh, who else? Uh, Kuzma finally doing something because the team is trash and he's getting high usage. But hey, guess what? He's according, to, according to JT, someone got to get those 20 Somebody got to get the shots, right? And they're not even in the playoffs and he's hurt right now. And I look at that team, right? This great young core. Josh Hart, you can throw in that, in that group too, right? Because he was on that team. He got traded. That whole young core, let's say they're all healthy in LA. You know what their ceiling is if they keep that core together? It's the Minnesota Timberwolves. That's their ceiling. So, of course, it was the right move to go for broke and try to win a championship by trading those guys, and you got one. Lakers fans, be happy. Yep, I, I agree with you. There's just a couple little things I can add, but that, that was well said, JT. The Lakers are all about titles. They got one title. Hey, it was worth it then because you take those four guys and even Josh Hart in the way the West has been the past what three years, especially with the bubble part, they're not that team that those five guys, sorry, they're not winning a title. And without promising LeBron that they would get AD, because I believe that's what happened between Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka. They said, Hey, if you come, we'll do whatever it takes to get AD. And they showed that they did. They got rid of four guys that you just named. He's LeBron is not going to LA without them guaranteeing AD is in LA. And how did they get AD to LA? They traded Lonzo Ball, 
Ingram, Julius Randle, and Kuzma, and I believe Josh Hart, Josh Hart. to the Pelicans. So, yeah, like it was worth it. That was not a bad move. Got him the title, and it got LeBron there. Like that's the other thing with the Lakers, JT. They're like the Brazilian soccer team. It's not good enough for Brazil to just win the World Cup. They've got to win it in a specific style of play that is entertaining. Exactly. They can't win 0-0 and then win in a shootout. They need to win 4-3, 4-1, put on a display. And the Lakers, not only do they need to win a title, they got to have the biggest stars, not even superstars, the biggest stars on the team. And they've got that with LeBron James. And the last thing is, I'll tell you what, besides Ingram, JT, none of those other guys we mentioned throw in Josh Hart. They no longer play for the Pelicans. So that tells you something that it wasn't just the Lakers, but it was also the Pelicans that felt, "Uh uh-uh, like this core of guys is not good enough to to where we want to go. Like Zion Williamson didn't even want to show up to play with these guys, but they were supposed to be, you know, the savior of the franchise with the Lakers. Like, I don't get that. That's I that's, feel like Lakers fans harsh. are, you know, they're just spoiling delusional, and that's that's what it is. So, JT, let's go to our new segment. And we've renamed it again. We've rebranded it again. It used to be the hot or not, but now we're going to go with hot or cold, meaning I'll give you a phrase or I'll give you, you know, a take not necessarily coming from you or I, but either something that, you know, we've seen on our social media page that fans keep writing about, or maybe we've heard in national media. And then we decide, is it a hot take, meaning we agree it's a good take, or is it a cold take, meaning now we don't disagree. That's just, you know, we're going to, we're going to put that to the side. All right. So that is your best explanation of this segment yet. I, I, you're improving. I'll, I'll give you that. We're still not quite there. We'll see how it goes. Hey, maybe fourth time's a charm. For real. All right. So call first up, Colin Coward said that flashy point guards are like running quarterbacks and that they should be valued as such. So when he's talking about flashy point guards, he's basically talking about jobber. Yes, he. that's what he meant. Yep. So – uh, I'm going to say this is cold, and the reason is is because I hate the comparison of running quarterbacks because I feel like the running quarterback label is based on people's opinions where the point guard is at, like, the definable position. An example would be, like, we just talked about this, Lamar and guys like Cam versus, you know, a running quarterback. They think they're, they think they're running quarterbacks where, you know, Josh Allen is not considered a quarterback you know, despite Josh Allen having more rushing attempts and rushing yards than Mike Vick and barely 200 less rushing yards and less passing yards than Cam Newton through his first four years. Oh, but, you know, even if, you know, Kyler Murray, who's only played three, had played four years, Josh Allen would have less passing yards and more rushing attempts than Kyler Murray, but he's not considered a running quarterback. That's neither here nor there. So the comparison for me of flashy point guards to running quarterbacks is, is out Whereas I would probably more compare flashy point guards to running backs. And the reason I do that is because I think they're similar in this regard. Running backs and flashy point guards have three things in common. They have short shelf lives for their careers because of 
age, athleticism, and volume. And if you think about that, that's usually when running backs are the best. They're youngest, they're getting the most work, and they have, they're in the prime of their athleticism. And that's the same thing that he's talking about with guys like John Morant, Derrick Rose, Steve Francis, like even Westbrook to a certain degree. So I feel like with flashy point guards and running backs, once those three things start going, that's when their value starts to decline and it starts to plummet. So not running quarterbacks, running backs versus flashy point guards is the proper um, example to use. So are you finally coming around on the running back value? Is that what I hear? I was. I never said I wasn't there. Uh, you always fight me on it. You you still believe Todd Gurley earned that contract that the Rams yeah, gave him. Anyway, which is, is, it, is it hot or cold? Let me explain something because you can't just throw out the football comparison and say, oh, that's neither here nor there. One, I didn't say Lamar is a, only a running quarterback. I didn't say you did. I'm I just, know. That's but, what people say. But, but let, right. So let me explain, though, that I was saying that I just don't feel he's as good of a passer as Deshaun Watson or Josh Allen. I got you. Now, I'm going to say this is a cold take, but for a different reason, because running quarterbacks, and I don't know who is, like, when we talk about a running quarterback, who's a running quarterback, JT? That's I'm, what I'm saying. Like, the I'm not is, sure. It's, it's so based on what because like, people's personal opinions. I wouldn't say that, because all r- quarterbacks are running quarterbacks. Aaron Russell, Rodgers Russell Wilson. A running quarterback. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers, right. Russell Wilson, Steve Young, Baker Mayfield. These are all running quarterbacks. They run and get a lot of yards doing it. So I'm not sure what it means anymore to be a running quarterback, but I would say this, let's say there's a running quarterback that runs the wishbone. I don't know, you know, in the NFL, I don't know in the NFL. Right. So the thing is he doesn't meaning the running quarterback may not make his teammates or team any better. Whereas I believe a flashy point guard. And listen, you can say Colin Coward may not agree with this, but you can say Steph Curry is a flashy point guard. He likes to jack up threes from midcourt. He likes to do behind the back passes. He likes to, you know, show his dribbling skills. Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving, flashy point guard. Russell Westbrook, flashy point guard. Most of those guys, maybe except Kyrie right now, long shelf life. Two of the three have won titles. And the thing is, they've made their team better when they got on it. Kyrie did, Steph did, and Westbrook in Oklahoma City did. Now, the difference is they had good pieces around them, too. And that's my, that's my whole point. Westbrook in OK City, I think, made KD better than if KD had an average point guard. Clay and Draymond were better because of Steph, Right. LeBron and vice versa here, LeBron was aided by winning a title because of Kyrie and Kyrie was made better because of LeBron, a running quarterback. I don't see where he makes his teammates better. So a flashy point guards more valuable in that sense. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I, that's, and that's what I'm saying. I didn't like the comparison because like you made a good point about the basketball side. I think, even the flashy point guard, as you just alluded to, that could even be kind of, you know, murky as far as like who falls into that category. Right. I didn't think like I don't think of Steph Curry as a flashy point guard, but I mean, really, he is like I think he means like the guys that don't that aren't efficient offensively. Right. Like John Morant where, or Derek right. Rose, where everything's based on 
it's really, really based on their athleticism. Right. And that's but, why I made the running back comparison. And, and probably another reason why it's a cold take is because what's the definition of flashy point guard? Because it might be different for you and I compared to him. And, and what's the definition? And what's the definition of running quarterback? Because you and I don't see like a running quarterback in the league. We see guys that run, but you, but there's very there's Carson no, Wentz could be a running quarterback. Right. There's no guy in the NFL that's going to be a starter year in year out and only runs or is a run I mean, first guy. Like even just, Lamar is not yeah. a run first guy. There are set running plays, but that doesn't mean he's a you, running you only quarterback. Too, you know, what, and I don't want to spend too much time on it, but maybe we should make it a topic for a future show. I feel like one of the things that that people fall into the traps of like, oh, this guy is a running quarterback is one when they're good at it, when they actually do it. And also too, like, I feel like you got to look at some guys at what their average yards per carry is, because maybe you think they're a running quarterback because when they do take off, they're doing such amazing things that guys just aren't touching them. So like, if you're averaging six, seven yards a carry, like, and you run, you know, maybe six times in a game, like that's going to add up that it's going to yeah. look like, oh man, this dude's always running. Like, no, he's just beating everybody who's trying <laughs> to catch him for those yeah. six or seven times he's yeah. running. Or, here there. or I think guys, as soon as they see a quarterback is fast, they automatically presume, oh, he's a running quarterback, right? Well, and that's Josh not true. Allen's fast. They, they <laughs> think that about him. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, yeah. just go look at the stats. Josh Allen, Josh Allen got the most rushing touchdowns through his first four years. More than Vic, more than Cam. Interesting. More than, Interesting. More than Lamar. See, those are the he stats. Got, he got more rushing yards than Cam Newton. Just those saying, are the stats. The first four years. Those are the stats you got to bring up. You got to bring up more often. And I'm telling you, like Cam Newton got more passing yards first four years. Kyler Murray, if you if you extrapolate his averages, will have more passing but, yards. I'm but telling I, you, Josh Allen runs more than people think. It's that. It just doesn't look as dynamic when he does it because it right. seems like he's more lumbering, but he got a lot but of he's, attempts. He's a bigger body too. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's fine. We can, we can talk about it a little bit here and we'll move on to the next, but I do think you gotta, you gotta consider this though, JT. I think if, if someone said Josh Allen, Cam Newton, Deshaun, Lamar, rank them in terms of passing arm, passing accuracy. Cam before TJ Watt blew out his shoulder, you mean? Yeah, of course, okay, of cool. course, because you keep going back to like the MVP year. So rank those four guys based on arm strength, accuracy, you know, pinpointing. Lamar's last out of that and, group. And that was but, my but, whole but, point but with also, the – also, too – Well, like, that was just my whole point with yeah, the discussion but, 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 before. But back to that, yes, I'm not saying that Lamar is a better passer than Josh, but let's not act like Josh is not a running quarterback. And, like, right. if, he, if he's no. a running quarterback, I want you to tack – that same risk, like insurance would do, if he's a running quarterback, I want him to pay and, that same premium, and he doesn't. And, and I would, but see, this is the difference. I would if Buffalo's talking about a fully guaranteed contract. Ah, well, he got it. He got in a year too early, but whatever. Hey. All right. So Browns and their fans are disrespecting Baker Mayfield, and that he should be released. Oh yeah, absolutely to both. Well, it's now hot, I can't. It's a hot what? take. It's oh, a it's hot, hot on okay. fire. <laughs> I can't blame the Browns for going after Deshaun. Like he's an elite generational talent at quarterback, best chance for them to win a Super Bowl. But let's don't forget that Baker Bayfield is part of the reason why free agents are even considering going to Cleveland. Like what how he has played and elevated that franchise from trash to where they are now. Like it makes you 
be in a position to be a destination for free agents. So remember that. And then also too, like, don't be so quick to write Baker off. Like, do you remember Cleveland used to be the place where careers go to die? Like coaches literally used to threaten players with, hey, if you don't do what I say, I'm going to send you to Cleveland. Ask Jarvis Landry if that happens or not. And then also too, absolutely, they should release him. Like you're done. Deshaun is your guy. Let Baker go continue his career somewhere else and let him have the ability to get a second contract. I'm going to say the first part's a hot take. They're disrespecting him. There's no doubt. I mean, this is a guy that he welcomed going there. Like he wanted to go there. Eli Manning didn't want to go to the San Diego Chargers. John Elway didn't want to go to the Colts. Like this guy wanted to go there. He was like, yes, please take me number one overall. I'm going to turn this franchise around. And he partly has. Now, granted, they've had a good team around them, but he has that that attitude that Cleveland Brown fans should want and the front office should want. And now they're going to get a guy that's out in Houston and bringing him in. And it's like, yeah, of course, Deshaun is better. There's no doubt, but it doesn't mean you need to disrespect Baker. As far as the other part, releasing him, listen, before you do that, I'm going to say it's a cold take. Try to trade him, try to get some value for him before you just release him because JT you can dictate where he goes. You don't want him going to the Steelers. You don't want him going to another AFC, you know, op- uh, opponent because Cleveland has high hopes, right? You don't want to have to see this guy late in the year that could possibly, you know, it'd be a throwaway game for derail you. Yeah, it could be a throwaway game. But that, but, but also too. If I'm the Browns, you have to be like this. Okay, we're investing in Deshaun. We think he's the future. We don't think highly of Baker. And part of the reason they can't trade him is because they shot themselves in the foot. Like, you played your hand too early. You should have traded him before you did the Deshaun deal. Like, I don't understand, like, if you knew you were going to bid top dollar for this guy, why not trade Baker for whatever you can get? Probably definitely more than what you can get now. No team would trade for him, so you're going to have to release him. But I think the reason they're not releasing him is because they must know Deshaun Watson is going to miss games and they're trying to hedge their bets which that makes it even more egregious. Well, the reason why they didn't do trade him earlier was because there was no guarantee they were going to get Deshaun because Deshaun had Friday afternoon. (laughs) Deshaun had to want to go there and they weren't sure JT. Again, I don't want to get into my rant from the other, from the other episode. So they had to wait for the grand jury to not indict before they made these moves. So if they had traded Baker comes back, he's being indicted. They've got no quarterback. I got you. Um, last one. I know this is near and dear to your heart. The Dolphins. Tua is not that bad of a QB. See, I know everyone wants to say, you know, let's point to the stats, right? Yeah, I know. You look at their records side by side, first three years, all their stats. Tua is better than Josh Allen. And I'm here to tell you, numbers lie. Wow. <laughs> my this eyes, is the same my guy. Eyes, my eyes tell me. This is is what I see. This is what I see. Weak arm, no athleticism, injury prone, and confidence that's dwindling by the day. Now, some of that's not his fault, but it's dwindling. People at home, people at home, this is the same guy I argued with 45 minutes ago that Josh Allen, Lamar, you know, you got to look at how they throw and everything. 
And now he's turning on Josh Allen after he dogged him that, hey, he's got these passing yards, but more rushing yards. Now he's saying, you know what? The numbers sometimes lie. Interesting that you would say that. Hmm. And I'm saying that, be, well, the numbers are lying because when I look because at this stats, has got to fit your narrative. No, because no, I look at when I look at the stats versus what I see on film. The film tells me that Tua is not better than Josh Allen. So that's why I'm saying that. And honestly, it comes down to this. In the AFC right now, I could not find three quarterbacks that I can say, okay, two is better than these guys, like definitively. So to me, if you're not even ahead of the three worst quarterbacks in the AFC and you don't look the part, yeah, you're a bad quarterback. I'm going to say that this is a hot take because he's not that bad of a QB. Everyone's dogging him. You know what? If after this year, he has not improved, he hasn't improved the team. The offense looks bad. I will admit I'm wrong with him. But don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's in the class of Josh Allen, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. I'm not saying that. But I'm not. what I'm saying is he's not as bad as people think. And this is the perfect hot take. He's not that bad of a QB. Because we're going to find out, and I'm going to bet on him, and say he improves, gets better, makes the offense better, because now he finally has weapons, and he has an offensive-minded coach in there, which, again, the defense is going to take a step back because they lose a great defense. You know mind. what? You know what? But we'll, that we'll, has we'll, nothing to we'll do, do with this. his we'll play. That this has will, nothing to do with his play. We'll make you put your money where your mouth is. Woo! Will okay. You, will you draft him in fantasy? As my number one overall QB? Let's say, let's say he's he's – at least one of your the three of your four quarterbacks. Listen, I'm he's your not, second or third quarterback. Listen, yes or no? Will I'm you not draft giving, him in fantasy? I'm not giving you any insight into my That's draft a no. strategy. The fact that you won't draft you, him in fantasy in a league where you, we got to start two quarterbacks and we can have four, let you know you want to know. Is not you, a good. You're not sure which way I'm going with my. I do. Team. I know you're not going that way. Well, I got Josh Allen already, so I am not going to let you inside my mind oh, to man, know my so draft petty. strategy so just just say just say any other questions I'll, that you for want anybody to know? that's listening i can 100 guarantee two will not be on any of his fantasy rosters therefore killing this argument and it's if and if you listen to the show it's the second time i've said this this year that two will not be on your fantasy roster and that in itself answers the question of how you feel about him as a quarterback. So if he's on my roster, are you going to come on the show? Apologize to me. Apologize to Tua and apologize to the roster, fans for lying. Now, now, now don't, don't draft him and then cut him just to get an apology because I know you're petty like that. But if he's legit on your roster, I'll come on and say like, okay, yes, he put his money where his mouth is. Tua is on his roster. He thinks he's a good quarterback. And then I'll watch you miss the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. I'll come on here and apologize to you. Well, I miss the playoffs regardless of who I draft. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, but you'll come on and apologize I'll to come me, on and apologize to Tua and our great listeners. You got to apologize to them because you're I telling think he's them still lies. A bad quarterback, but I'll, apolo- I'll apologize and for I'll, telling lies. I'll, for I'll telling admit lies. I was wrong about your faith in him for telling lies. That's that's All fine. Right, cool. That's cool. fine. For sure. All right. Anything else before we go? No, I think we talked about enough already, man. Hey, it was a fun show. 
I know I, I, uh, you know, screamed at you a little bit, so I apologize. Oh, but I it got was, you. Don't worry about it. It, it was, uh, uh-oh, that, that's yep. a little scary. Exactly. That's a little scary. Hey, good thing we live in different cities. So exactly. I, I ain't sweating it. I'm not sweating it. But hey, great show. That was a lot of fun. Thank you to the loyal listeners out there for listening to this, another great episode of JT and the Don All Sports Podcast. Remember to please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember, if you like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And JT, if you don't like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And also, please follow us on social media, our handle, JT and the Don. We can be followed on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So, JT, another episode in the books. Great job, great energy. Until the next episode, see ya. Peace.